the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. We all have developer horror stories from language barriers to bad code to developing on time. That's why I recommend using B7Dev com. They're affordable, fast, and more importantly, trustworthy. Go to b7dev.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your downloads and, more importantly, your revenue. And today, a lot of that revenue is going to be tied to retention. We're going to talk all about retention, and I've got somebody who knows all about this, including... Spoiler alert, or a little cliffhanger, the adjacent user theory. I want to learn all about this because I think it's brilliant. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. Her name is Anya Ubermula, and she is, how did I do, Anya? Pretty decent? That was very good. <laughs> all right. She's the head of product marketing at Adidas Training at Runtastic as well. She is responsible for coordinating marketing efforts in terms of UA, CRM, and campaign management for the Adidas training app. Go check it out. If you search for Runtastic, you'll find it. It's the Adidas training one. Anya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for the lovely introduction. It was a perfect pronunciation of my name. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I try my best. Anya, <laughs> let's start with like just the very, very start. So if somebody wants to focus, and I've been trying to talk about retention and monetization a lot more, because in the early days of the podcast and everything else, I was talking a lot about growth, growth, growth. But then obviously, we all understand that you can have all the growth in the world, but if you're not retaining your users, nothing's going to happen. So what's the first step? All right. All right, Steve, we're getting downloads or Anya, I'm getting downloads. I've got a good amount of downloads. What's the first step in really analyzing retention? Where do you start? Um, so the first and I think most important thing is figuring out what your um, product usage interval is and basing your retention rate um, analysis and also optimization on that. There are so many different products out there and each and every product has a different retention time frame. So even like in our industry, in the health and fitness industry, it's so different. If you take period trackers or nutrition trackers, it only makes sense and you get like most out of the product if you use them daily. So of course for them, monitoring daily retention rates makes a lot of sense. For us, um, like using the Adidas running and the Adidas training app, daily would probably be a bit too much unless you're like a super, super sporty person, pro athlete, well then yes, but we're not just made for like pro athletes. We want to really engage all users from beginners to intermediate to advanced athletes to actually get into sports. And for that, we are focusing, for example, on weekly retention rates, because mm -hmm. it makes sense to be active on a, on a daily basis. That's also what we can ask from users, no matter what their fitness level is, but daily would probably be too much. So I think that's always the first step, like really understanding what your natural product usage interval is and on that basing your retention analysis, and then also deriving the steps for retention rate optimization from that. 
Is that just a gut feeling like, hey, I've got this type of app that I think people should be using on a daily basis? Or, you know, I know you guys have a data scientist, but if I don't have a data scientist, is it a gut feel or are there some metrics that can sort of give me some insight on what that interval, mm -hmm. ideal interval should be? Um, that's actually pretty easy to figure out. Like you just plot a graph um, where you look into monthly active users. That's something like you can get from your uh, mobile measurement partner, like MA user tracked basically um, out of the box by integrating the SDK. And then you look into um, the different dates. So if you take like one month, um, then you would have like 30, 31 days, um, depending if on a given day. And then you will actually get um, a curve from that. And depending on where the curve spikes, you know what your natural um, product usage interval is. If it spikes on day one to day three, then it's actually a monthly um, product usage interval. If it spikes at around like seven days, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around this, then it's a weekly one. And if it spikes um, at the very end of the curve, like day 22 days, 28 days or so, then you would actually go into daily retention rates. Interesting. Wait, so if it spikes towards the end, why is it daily retention? Like you want to make sure because that, yeah, that means um, that the, most of your MAUs are opening the app 22 to 28 times. Um, oh, a month. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Then got it's it. daily. And if it's just one to two, then they would basically just open it like once or twice or three times a month. And then you can like learn from that. that it's most probably actually a, a monthly pattern. I like that. Simple. I like that. I lost the internet. My internet was a little shaky, so I missed <laughs> a little bit. I think the recording got it as well. So that's awesome. That's Perfect. that's so much simple than what we need. That's why I like asking these stupid questions, <laughs> in my opinion. Anya, I'm like, these are dumb questions, but I'm like, you know what? This is interesting because what if I don't have data science? I don't know anything. Like, this is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> Remember in school, you're like, hey, I don't want to ask these st stupid questions, but when it's one-on-one, -on -one, I'm like, all right, all the stupid questions can make my way. <laughs> so let me start with the... Talk to me about this adjacent user theory and how you guys look at this. Yeah, um, so that's actually um, from a research blog. To everyone who's listening, and if you want to like have a recommendation for a good blog about retention, it's research. Um, and they um, were, were talking about it. So for us, um, we were approaching retention rate optimization step by step. So we always start with short-term retention that is fine going on to midterm to long-term retention because I believe you cannot fix your month six retention if your day three retention basically is not good. Um, but um, then like you can derive different um, optimization techniques from the data. And at some point you will see that your optimization efforts are not like really paying off that much anymore and that the curve starts to flatten. And this is when we applied the chasing user theory. So it basically says um, that you're never at 100% retention rate. And if you are, you're very lucky. And I think you can make a lot of money with your product. Um, but other than that, like there will always be users who fail um, to retain. So for us, um, what we did is we have um, developed a machine learning algorithm together with our data scientists that actually um, protect, um, predicts, that's the correct word, for us within the first um, 14 days, what a user should be doing in order to be more likely to retain on the long run. And based on that, like we get so many hints on what to optimize on. And at some point we were like getting to the end of this and we we're like, hmm, 
yeah, retention rates improved. They're nice. We still want to get more. So what do we actually do? And then we decided to apply the adjacent user theory, which means you're just focusing on the users who are still not succeeding. So despite all our optimization efforts that get so many more users to retain, we still have a certain amount of users who are just not successful. And um, we did so by actually um, implementing a survey in our onboarding messaging journey. So um, you can think of it that way. Our onboarding messaging journey is designed to cover um, the first 14 days for a user. And it's really trying to get them into doing a workout because that's really the core value proposition of our app that you do an activity with it. And we optimized a lot with like additional features that were launched with um, AP testing messaging and everything. And then at some point we ended up that there's still a certain percentage of users who are not successful. And that's what we call the adjacent users in, in that case. And then we decided, okay, we're gonna message them at the very end. We will acknowledge like the product wasn't probably just like right for them at the time, but it would be really lovely if they could give us the feedback and tell us why it didn't work because we did our best. It's fine that it didn't work, but please help us improve for the future. And that's how we're getting so much new feedback in from our users on how we can further optimize. So from a data perspective, we optimized everything we can. Um, and now we're really like focusing on the users who are still not making it to the goal that we set um, for them and that we're really trying to optimize for. And we're implementing those learnings now. Might it be like some minor tweaks in the product? Might it be a new feature? Might it be changes in the messaging journey? Might it be like additional workout content, whatever it could be. And it is really crazy how many responses we got from this. Like we expected way less. And additionally, like those users really feel like we care about them, it seems, because they're also signing up to a great percentage to be contacted by, contacted by us individually afterwards to participate in one-on-one -on -one interviews to help us improve our user experience. So they did not manage to do a workout in the first 14 days with us, but they're very committed to help us to improve the product. And that's yeah. really nice because we were also afraid in the beginning, you know, those users might not be so interested in helping us improve because the product didn't meet their expectations. So they might just be like, you know, do whatever you want. I moved on. I'm probably somewhere else now, but no, they're really like taking the time. The survey is super short. It's just, a few questions so it really doesn't take much time and in the end we ask them like hey if you want to do like one-on-one -on -one interviews with us to help us improve our user experience please just leave your contact details and we will reach out and it's a great way of um, recruiting users for those interviews so our product designers are also very happy about this i love this anya so your your goal you kind of mentioned this hey get a do a workout within the first 14 days Right, that's the end goal that you want your ideal user. So now these adjacent users that are not doing it, how are you messaging them about the survey? Is it through email? Yes, um, okay. at the moment it is um, through through email. Um, we've also thought about other ways um, already, to be honest. But with the survey tools, it's still most convenient to actually do it via email because we also have more space to really explain to them, like, hey, we understand it. Like, this is not as like trying to convince you once more to use our product. No, we would really love to get your feedback. It's fine that it didn't work. And we just convey that message way better via email because there's a bit more space compared to like a yeah. push or an in-app message. Completely understand. I love email too. I think it's one of the most overlooked channels from app developers as well. 
what's, I'm going to get nerdy with you, Anya. Like what's your subject <laughs> line? Because I know a lot of the barriers with email is open rates. So like, what are you guys making, saying in the subject line, if you remember, that gets people to actually open and want to respond to you? Um, I mean, like we have it in there that, um, first of all, it starts out that like, it's fine that they're not with us. And then that it just takes a few minutes and we keep both promises. So we're like not linking them to the app and like using any techniques, you know, like to sneak them back into the app. Nope. Um, and if we say it just takes a few minutes, it really just takes a few minutes. So, yeah. Because I think if you just have the catchiest headline um, ever or subject yeah. line ever, you won't get a nice click rate anyways, because users will be like, oh, wow, you say it's a short survey and then I have like 40 I questions. Know. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's for me as a user, the most annoying thing if it happens. And I'm like, okay, unsubscribe, unsubscribe um, immediately. So um, we're really just like, we told them it will be just a few questions and it's four to five questions actually. Awesome. And probably like a three, four more in case they decide um, to actually leave their contact details. I like that. The I know one of the messaging, the emails that we always try to use too is like, especially if the people haven't been engaging with the emails, like, do you hate me? You know, that usually gets a response and mm -hmm. people open that really well. What are the key questions that you feel like your survey asks? And you're like, Hey, these, you know, scaling it down to just four or five is really hard. What are the key ones? If you don't mind sharing like one that's like, Oh, this is so invaluable information we get from this one question. Yeah. We had um, a lot of brainstorming around that. So we were like, okay, what's like the goal of it? What do we want to know from our users? I think the initial draft was literally like 30 questions or so. And then it was like a lot of feedback rounds because I'm like, nope, still too many, still too many, still too many. Probably our product designer was already a bit annoyed by me at that <laughs> point in time. Um, so we then said, okay, we really want to know like what motivated them to download the app and mm -hmm. what was it that we um, did not um, deliver so that they actually wouldn't do a workout. And um, I mean, we also asked him if it was probably just a matter of time because you know, like weeks can get quite packed and at some point you just forget about it. Um, but mostly it was really about like figuring out what the motivation is to, to do a workout and then learning like what they would have expected. Um, and we're also asking them if they're using one of our competitor apps because maybe they just decided that they wanna use another product, which is also valuable information for us because then at least we would know like where they went. Yeah, and then you can see what they're doing and you guys have some free workouts in there right so it's not like everything is paid so there's no like pricing issue that would prevent them from using the app. no um most of our content is actually available for free mm -hmm. so we do have a few training plans that you would need to pay for and we have certain features that you can use like up to a certain extent as a basic user so without the premium subscription and then you would need to pay for it like bookmarking workouts you can bookmark one as a basic user. You can bookmark unlimited workouts as a premium user, but the content itself is like entirely free um, despite a few featured workouts and um, three training plans, but the rest is available for everyone without any cost. Anya, I'm going to guess that you guys have found that sometimes you survey them, you're like, and they're like, yeah, you know what? I meant to work out. I just forgot. <laughs> you might get those type of You ever get those type of responses? Yeah, it's usually then like um, too busy or um, scheduled to pack something like this. <laughs> you know, one of the things that you mentioned, I'm going to link up the presentation you did with for the App Promotion Summit was getting 230% growth in user retention. You guys remember, was it like the primary stuff? You're like, hey, this is what we did. We improved everything. And then we did this survey because we still wanted to improve 
better than 2.30? Is that the timeline I'm guessing or no? Exactly. So okay. um, that was like, there's like a part, like the two, three months of a JSON user survey are in there as well, and it's 230%, but the majority was um, upfront based on um, our machine learning model. Okay. Do you guys remember like what are, what were some of the things that led to this amazing 230% growth? Um, so we entirely redesigned our onboarding messaging journey and um, we really focused on, on what's um, important for our users. So learning from existing users who show exactly the retention patterns that we would actually want all our users um, to have. And then like knowing with which content they interacted and so on, and then really promoting that content Mm -hmm. um, to others as well and saying like, hey, most of like our existing users like this content the most. Um, and what was really outstanding was um, the adaptations that we made on the user acquisition side. So I know that like the majority of people might be optimizing for ROI. We don't. Um, we're in that very luxury position that we're part of one of the biggest sports brands in the world. Yeah. And our main focus is engaging users because we share one vision with Adidas. And it's that through um, sports, we have the power to change lives. And we truly believe in that. And how can we change lives through sport if we don't get them into sport? So that's exactly what we're doing with the Adidas running and Adidas training app. And um, you know, we said, okay, um, what does a user need to do? An activity. So um, we're using a justice our MMP and you can just simply create custom events there. So we have activity finished one, activity finished two, activity finished three and count goes up. And um, we then said, okay, we're trying like, to optimize um, for those. And we started with activity free finished one and KPIs were fine, CPIs were good, CPAs were good, retention rate was also okay, was all fine. And then we learned that in the first 14 days, our users should in best case do two workouts or more. And we said, let's try activity free finish too. And then we did that. And we actually lowered our CPIs insanely, like really. And we didn't believe that if they can go down that much, um, our CPIs decreased, our cost per retained user decreased and our retention rate increased. And then we were like, this is too good to be true. We need to run that test in more countries. And it, mostly returned the same result and then we even like went one step further and started to optimize for activity free finished three it's a bit of a tough word to pronounce how we call that event and again we lowered um, in most of the countries cpis cpas cost per retained user and increased retention rate why do you think the cpis went down is it just because the users retaining like what, what happened to the cpis why do you think the retention played such a big impact on cpis um, I think um, it it is that um, the algorithms on like Facebook, Google, they're pretty smart, you know, mm. and they just found way better user for us because in the beginning we're like, fine, it's optimizing for doing one activity and that's something you can achieve faster. But then we said, optimize for users who are finishing three activities. Oh, I see. And that paired with the onboarding messaging journey, focusing on exactly the same and really like promoting exactly the content that the users were looking for just made a huge difference. So it was really that like UA, ASO, CRM was all very much aligned. And on top of that, we also did a bit of a redesign on the, of the onboarding flow in the app. So also product design was consulting with um, the growth squad the team members back then. So that it's really like aligned on, through all the different um, teams. 
Mm. And um, I think that really made a change because one team alone can only achieve certain goals, I think, yeah. or like certain improvements. But if at some point three, four, five teams work all together in the same direction with the same KPIs in mind, with the same goal in mind, it will just feel very cohesive for the user and they just feel that this is a good and aligned experience for them. And I think that all together then really made the difference and we mainly see it on the cost metrics on the UA side. Got it. So you're, let me just summarize Anya, if I can, so just so that it's yeah. in my brain. The, so what you did was you optimized the user flow. You made sure that people were, you know, you're optimizing for these certain events. Mm -hmm. And then on the UA side, you were then going optimizing for, I'm assuming it's like event optimization. You're like, Hey, let's optimize exactly. for the first event. And then, the, Hey, we're, we're feeling pretty good. Let's do the second event. And then let us do the third event. And then CPI just kept going on down and down. Exactly. And, um, I mean, it also depends a bit in which market you run because there are certain markets where costs are anyways um, cheaper for, for acquisition. And that's very easy um, to in those markets to optimize on a metric that is pretty far down the funnel. Mm -hmm. While um, in some like Western European markets, for example, we didn't always get um, to that stage. So um, that really also depends on like what the general costs um, for acquisition are. Did the downloads, did the install stay stable? Like you're still getting, I don't know, whatever. Let's just throw out a number, like 10,000 downloads and the CPI just go going down, down, and down. So the downloads didn't have a huge impact either. Um, I mean, we're making definitely like more installs from the UA budget that we have. So we have a pretty stable UA budget month Got over it. month, um, despite some peaks um, throughout the year. And in those like months with a stable um, budget, we are now also getting very stable um, install numbers from that. But if I'm comparing it to like early last year, we're getting way more installs out of the budget compared to back then. That's awesome. Okay. Let's talk about something that did not work. And you were talking about like relaunching UA campaigns from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we did that um, once, like sometimes you just, you know, have this like new campaign that is spreading across the whole company and you really want to have like dedicated assets and, and messaging on the ads and so on. And then we're like, okay, it's probably worth like relaunching. Oh, it was so nuts. <laughs> it was so nuts. Um, our CPIs increased massively. Like um, if you would look at the chart, it was like CPIs throughout the year, relaunch, <laughs> launching the old ones again, kind of like, like it was really like, it looked like a pyramid. Um, yeah, I think like the, the algorithms are just very sensitive and mm. they learn with like the longer you let them run. So when we did the, the, the AB tests, um, back then we would also give them like the first two weeks to just learn. And we would always delete those numbers from the test result because, you know, when the algorithm is still figuring it out, you have like days with higher CPIs with lower ones and so on, but it's not really balanced out yet. And that's exactly what we then got. Um, so even though like the creatives and everything was very much the line and the messaging, um, it didn't really pay off. And we then decided quickly that like, no, nope, we're gonna run with the old ones, old creatives, it's fine. It's the better choice. So, so is it just like keep everything in the same ad groups, keep, every, keep everything in the same campaign, optimize the creative, just add more creatives, add more like whatever, like text and all that stuff and just keep it all the same rather than relaunching a brand new campaign exactly. brand new okay ad group and all that yeah. stuff i mean the thing is like if you just add new ads um, to the campaign only a certain proportion of the users will get it because you have your best performing creatives in there 
and they continue to be the best performing no matter what you do although they are sometimes like already quite old and um, they're just like evergreens you know they always work and then you add new ones and then like it's like yeah it doesn't perform so well so we're showing it to like a very minimum um, proportion or percentage of of the users and we're like no we want to like get all exposed to the same messaging and same design and all of it you know yeah wasn't worth it wouldn't do it again (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool hey Anya anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover uh Probably um, one um, last thing from from my set on retention rate um, optimization, and it's um, the one thing that we had to learn, probably also the hard way, is how to tie it to company goals because. In most companies, company goals are pretty high level because every team should be able to contribute to them so naturally they are like. Um, on a, on a very high level. And it's often hard for teams to then really figure out, okay, how can I connect that to the metrics I'm optimizing? And for us, it was very obvious that retention rate, um, an increase in retention rate is tied to an increase in our main company goal. That was fine. But then we learned um, from the team, they were like, yeah, but what should we do? Like, if you just say like increase week, one month, one month, six retention, what should we actually do? And this is how we then came up with a new level of metrics, which we call proxy metrics. Mm. So it's basically something that just allows us to optimize for what we really want to optimize. And we measure that through correlation. So um, we would then say, okay, users need to do an activity. So optimize the install to activity rate. And suddenly, like really, there were so many ideas all over the place. It was really um, great to see that. While like retention rate optimization is such an, abstract and high level topic still that it's really hard to grasp for the teams. And if you can find a proxy metric that correlates with it, whatever this might be, and you just say like, okay, optimize this one, increase it by X percent, Mm -hmm. ideas will just spark. And um, it was really, really great to see how creative um, the team got around that. And we're still doing that. So we're not saying that we optimize on retention, we do it indirectly, but directly we're always optimizing for other metrics. Yeah, and I think the the other thing I missed was, I love in the presentation, I'll put this slide in here too, you, you're like focusing on the ideal path. And usually it's the first step is like registered, onboard, did you get a first active activity done? Did you get two activities done that are currently engaged? Mm-hmm. It's like breaking it down step by step is always exactly because it's like you know I'm, le- I'm helping a couple of clients out with some of their retention and conversion i'm like okay what is the registration rate right like and let's focus on that first and foremost and then we'll work on the trial and all that stuff later on but that's the first one i usually look at is how many people are getting onboarded because <laughs> if, yeah. like, if they can't use the app without being onboarded then that's your first hole that you have to look at exactly exactly and that's also how we're doing it and that's what i meant in the beginning like with taking it step by step yeah. How could we optimize on users to start an activity if they don't even register, for example? So, of course, we need to fix it that they register in the beginning or log in if they already have an existing account. Then they need to get through the onboarding. Then they need to do the first activity. Then the second one. Then the third one. Like, really taking it step by step. Because if you, like, miss one of the steps, you're usually never going to see an impact or probably just a very slight one because you're actually missing one important step. And that's also where um, adjacent users can actually help you to figure it out because they can also take you like to the spot where it's like, hey, I was fine, but then you like left me in the dark in there Mm -hmm. and you're like, true, we probably missed the spot right there. Yeah. Was there an ideal goal that you had for like percentage of registered and onboarded? 
that you're trying to meet? Because I'm sure you're doing, you're doing phenomenally well from that standpoint. Yeah, so um, I mean, our apps are already on the market for, for quite some time. Yeah. So we don't just look into registration rates, but we also look mainly into login rates. Because um, a user who already has the running app and registered there like a year ago mm. can still use, like just log in with the account to the training app. They don't need to go through the registration again. Same, um, if you have an Adidas account, you can just log into any of the sport apps as well. well you don't awesome. need like a separate um, account for that. So we're not so much focusing on the new registrations. We're more looking into the logins because if you just take Adidas, there's so many users who have an active yeah. um, Adidas account. So of course, like we can't get them. Or we don't even want them to register. We want them to use their account and log in. So that's um, our, our main KPI. And yes, um, we, we do have um, targets for that. Awesome. Anya, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big, big finish. So besides the amazing Runtastic apps, give us another app that we should check out. I really enjoy Audible. Um, I'm totally into audiobooks, I have to admit. So that's like a really great one. That's the only way me. I read, Anya. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just so convenient, you know, like you're on the car instead of listening to the radio, I just love to listen to, to an audiobook or um, I recently discovered um, Masterclass by recommendation of one of my teammates. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't really say much about their app yet, but like, I really love also listening to their content. So everything that is just like, you know, listening to podcasts and so on, that's like really my, my kind of favorite apps and that are usually like also running sometime in the home office, you know, when you're just like working on a report or so, then it's really nice to just have some sound in the background as well. Me too. I, I don't even listen to music half the time. You usually listen to a podcast or an audio yeah. book. What's a book that you're listening to right now? Um, I just finished um, very recently, um, Good to Great. Awesome. I loved it. Um, it has so many examples from the 80s and I'm like, wow, that was way before I was born. And <laughs> it's still so relevant. Like really, I didn't believe it in the beginning. It's a really good one. And now I'm re um, listening to um, Hooked. Oh, I haven't awesome. listened to it in a while, so that's um, the one I'm currently listening to, and um, also a masterclass from Anna Winter. Awesome. Hooked, I tried to read it, and then I was just like, Ugh. I don't know why if I got bored, but then listening to it, I was just like, oh my God, that's such a good book. And I'm like, why couldn't I yeah, get through yeah. it? Actually, like really reading to reading it, but then just listening to it, I was like, oh my God, I'm, like, I'm glad I yeah. gave it another shot just to <laughs> actually listen to it. Awesome. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, that retention rate optimization is basically just about the core value proposition of your product. Um, I mean, in the beginning, like, you know, when you're trying, okay, so the users who purchase should be the ones who retain the most. And then you're really trying like every angle. And in the end, it's like, nope, it's all about the core value proposition. Like most of, um, the, like what the data is telling us is it's all about the workouts and like users doing an activity and different variations. Um, so. I think it's, to me, it wasn't like that given um, back then, but now I'm like, it just makes so much sense. It's everything you do in the end, it somehow ties back to the core value proposition of your product. So if you know that one, you can just center all your efforts around it and it can't be wrong. If you nail that experience, I think this is also what gets um, users then at some point hooked and what can really make um, a difference in comparison to competitors. Yeah, well said. The app is Adidas Training by Runtastic. Go check it out. And you can check out the running app as well. If you just search for Runtastic, you'll get you'll see both. That's the first two. Anya, if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else? 
Uh, yeah, please feel free to connect with me through LinkedIn. I'm always happy to receive feedback. Um, and also like when usually then people like start to, to read up on the chase and user theory and then I get like ideas from them on how they do it. I always love it because it also gives us a nudge into a new direction. So please feel free to connect, would love that. Anya, you just just own that adjacent user theory, okay? <laughs> like it's gonna be no, dedicated. It to wasn't you. me. It wasn't me. It really wasn't me. Like I stole it from the research blog. I have to admit, but it just really made a difference for us in, in how we approach a retention rate optimization now. Well, if you click on Anya's name, you'll go directly to her LinkedIn profile. Connect with her. Do me a favor before you ask her for anything. Just say you're awesome on the show, and then try to ask or do whatever you want there. But Anya, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Want to increase your downloads and revenue? Check out our new ASO master service where we help you with ASO, optimizing your revenue, and we'll even manage your Apple search ads and Google ads. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.